Teaching kids to handle money wisely is a valuable gift. Teaching them to honor God with their money is priceless. I am Rob West. Proverbs 22.6 reads, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Today, I'll talk with Matt Bell about training up your children to handle money in a way that honors the Lord. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, my friend Matt Bell is our guest today. He's the managing editor at Sound Mind Investing and underwriter of this program. He's the author of several books on personal finance as well. And his latest, which was published by Focus on the Family, is just out. I'm so excited about it. It's titled Trusted, Preparing Your Kids for a Lifetime of God-Honoring Money Management. And isn't that something we all want? Matt, great to have you with us. Rob, great to be with you. Well, so the first part of your book's title, Matt, is Trusted. I'd love to start there today. What does that mean when it comes to teaching kids to honor God with His resources? Yeah, the title comes from Luke 16.10, which says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Mm. And, and really, it traces back to the very first parenting class that my wife Jude and I ever took uh, back in our church, back when we used to live in Chicago. There was an associate pastor, Keith, and his wife, Keg, or Caroline, who taught um, about parenting, and, and we were about to have our first child, and they used the metaphor of a funnel. They said that, that when a kid is super little, super young, the funnel is really tight, right? We're making all the decisions for them, what they're going to wear, what they're going to eat. But as they get older, we should start teaching them and trusting them with more and more responsibility. The funnel opens up wider and wider, and as they prove themselves trustworthy, we continue down that path. And so that's really the essence and, the, and really the framework used in the book. I love that. I mean, faithful with a little is such a big theme here in God's Word. Then we're entrusted with much later, and clearly that's something we want for our kids. Uh, Let's just talk about the importance of this, Matt. You and I know this is a critical skill that we need to teach our kids, not only on the literacy side, but really God's heart as it relates to money. But why? Why is it so important? Because on the one hand, there's so much at stake here, and also on the other hand, because there's so much opportunity here, so much potential. And I say there's so much at stake here, Rob, because it isn't that if we don't teach our kids about money, they won't learn. They will learn, but the culture, our consumer culture will be their teacher, and, and that's not the greatest idea. Um, and there's also so much potential here, because if you think about the, the idea of compounding, you know, people usually think of compounding when they think of investing, and it's a very, very powerful idea that can really multiply money over time. But I love to think about that same power of compounding in all areas of finance. So you, you get a young child who get, catches a vision for generosity and starts to build some habits and practices of giving toward God's kingdom work in this world. And the way that God could multiply that over their lifetime is just, it, it's impossible for to fully imagine, or a young person who develops just a kind of generally healthy relationship with God and money, how that'll flow into his future relationship with his future wife, how it'll impact his lifelong relationship with Christ, how that will free him to make the difference with his life he was designed to make. I just love the potential of getting kids at an early age started in the right direction financially. 
That's so good. We've got just about a minute before our first break here, Matt. Obviously, a lot of parents are struggling with their own finances. They don't see their own finances as being in order, and therefore, they're hesitant to teach on the topic because of that. Uh, How would you counsel them? Yeah, I would say for one thing, you know, none of us ever get the money thing fully right. We're all in process to some degree. And so be encouraged that you don't have to have your finances completely perfect in order to do this. But secondly, in each of the really practical chapters in the book, I spend the first portion speaking directly to parents because it is important for us to serve as role models. And so as long as we're in the game, we're learning, we're continuing to apply biblical principles to our own finances, that's really the goal. Yeah, that's so good. Well, there's so much to cover here, Matt. And as you said, a lot is at stake and we've got to start early. We've got to be really thoughtful about it and practical. But uh, when we do, uh, there's incredible benefits that can come from that. And I know you've seen that play out in your own life. So when we come back with Matt Bell today, we'll be talking about the role of social media. How do you overcome the world's negative influences? He mentioned generosity. We'll unpack that a little bit more. So much still to cover. We're talking with Matt Bell today. More just around the corner. Stay with us. What if buying groceries, gas, or dining out could help change lives? With Christian Community Credit Union's Cards That Give to Missions, you can help spread the gospel, combat human trafficking, and protect vulnerable children with every purchase at no cost to you. Apply for your card today. More information is available at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. The credit union is an underwriter of this ministry. Membership eligibility required. Are you looking for a financial professional who aligns with your biblical values? Certified Kingdom Advisors are trusted financial, legal, or accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure they provide biblically wise financial advice as part of their practice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to faithbuy.com and clicking Find a CKA. Delighted to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Joining me today, my friend Matt Bell. He's managing editor at Sound Mind Investing. He's the author of the new book published by Focus on the Family titled Trusted, Preparing Your Kids for a Lifetime of God-Honoring Money Management. And isn't that something we all want? Matt, great to have you with us today. So good to be with you too, Rob. Matt, we've been talking about the role we have and really the opportunity we have to train our kids in the ways of the Lord in all areas, but certainly as it relates to our discussion today in this area of money management. I'd like to pick up on your story, Matt. You grew up not knowing you had to work to earn money, but something happened in your 20s. Why don't you tell us that story? Yeah, something very life-changing. I mean, totally unexpectedly, I received an inheritance of $60,000 from an uncle who passed away. And I saw it as this incredible, probably once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And so I wanted to make the most of it. I created my dream job out of that money. I created a, a newsletter for golfers who take golf vacations, which was this great excuse to go play Pebble Beach and some other wow. courses yeah. <laughs> that I wanted to play. Um, and I was having the time of my life. But but the one thing that was not true at that time was that the business was successful. It was not successful. Mm. Um, and so, but I was so acclimated to that great life I was living 
and so blind to what was happening with the money that when the actual money ran out, I kept funding that life on credit cards and eventually got myself in, in a lot of trouble with credit cards. Moved home with my parents for a time. It really was what I like to describe as the unintentional reenactment of the Bible's uh, parable of the prodigal son. Yes. But, but through that experience of, of returning home, a good friend from college reached out, shared his faith. Ultimately, it's what God used to draw me into a relationship with him and to introduce me ultimately to my life's work. Mm, that's powerful. What were some of the biggest takeaways? You know, I remember reading the parable of the talents as a as a new Christian in my in my late twenties, and that was so profound for me because mm. you know anybody that's around stewardship circles they kind of take it for granted, and and it's easy to do that. But but it was so profound for me to see what is my relationship with God and money to be that God is the owner; He temporarily entrusts, generously entrusts everything that we have to our care. Yeah. And we are to manage it wisely. We're to manage it according to his principles and for his purposes. And that was a profoundly new way of looking at money for me. Well, it really is. And it's a great approach when we think about passing these lessons on to our kids. Now, in the book, Matt, you encourage parents to start small. And I assume that means for both children and the lessons you want to teach them, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you think about generosity, so John Rockefeller, one of the wealthiest people that ever lived, he, he apparently once said um, that he never could have tithed on his first million dollars if he hadn't tithed on his first salary, which was a dollar fifty a week. And oh, that's wow. a good lesson. So, you know, sometimes people wake up in their, like I did in my, in my late 20s and, and come to faith and start to read what the Bible teaches about generosity. And it's kind of hard to just go from zero to, you know, where the Bible is challenging us to to give it at a very generous level. Um, but for a kid to grow up with that just being normal for them, that they're, we're going to honor the Lord with the first portion, the first fruits of all that we receive, that's such a helpful thing uh, to, to get that from the, from the get-go. Yeah, no question about it. Now, one of the challenges for parents you write about, Matt, is this idea of growing up in a target market. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean marketing is just all around us. It's in the air we breathe. Yeah. You know, it used to be that that marketing messages, advertising messages were much easier to see. You know, they would they would interrupt a, a television program that we're watching, for example. But now it's just woven into the fabric of everyday life. And so it's a little bit harder to see it, to notice it. Mm. And and that makes it all the more powerful because we just we're just taking it in all the time. And so social media, you know, that's, that's marketing on steroids. You know, yes. that's, that's the comparison game on steroids. And, and so it's really important for us to teach our kids when they're super young to identify, okay, this is a marketing message and this is programming because very young kids don't even understand the, the distinction there. And then as they grow older for us to help them navigate that, help them unpack the messages. So is this message true? Is this product being promoted for for its functional benefits, its its value, its quality, or is it, or is there something larger being conveyed there that may not be true that ties it to our identity and self worth? Mm, let's talk about that a bit more because that's so important, especially this world that our kids are growing up in. You talk about in this same section the greatest identity theft ever. Uh, unpack that for our listeners. 
Yeah, in the in I think it's around the 1920s or so, or the early 1900s, that the word consumer came into popular use. Prior to that time, people were talked about as workers or citizens. But that word consumer, you know, we hear it so much now that we just take it for granted. But if you look it up, you'll probably be a little offended to be called a consumer because to consume literally means to use up and to waste and to squander. And so it's important to understand that that's not who God made us to be. God made us to be stewards or managers of his resources. So I like to encourage us to understand that and to teach it to our kids because these two different identities, the, the consumer versus the steward, come with a very different set of assumptions about our life purposes. The consumer believes that life is all about me, my pleasure, my yeah. comfort, my happiness, whereas God's word teaches us that life is about God. The consumer yeah. believes that that money and things are the causes of happiness, whereas really God's word conveys that that our relationships are, are the causes of happiness. And the consumer believes that life is a competition to have more, whereas God's Word teaches us that life is about contribution, to use our gifts and talents and passions to make a difference in the world. Oh, that's so powerful. I know folks are taking notes because these are big ideas we need to instill in our kids as we counteract the messages of this world. Matt, you mentioned social media. What advice would you offer for our listeners today as they help their kids navigate social media as it relates to money management? I would say a couple of things. I mean, I talk about different parenting roles in the book, and one of those important roles is the gatekeeper, which is hard sometimes as parents yeah. to, to say no and to set up the rules. But but it's really important for us to set some boundaries around the use of screens in general, and then more specifically around social media to, to be willing to be that odd family that does not allow screens to be in bedrooms, for example, or doesn't allow certain the use of certain social media platforms, or when we do start to allow it, that we're intentional in talking to our kids about how to do it wisely. And I'll tell you, there's a great documentary out um, that, that's widely available called The Social Dilemma. And if people mm, will yeah. watch that with their kids, that'll be a very powerful experience. We watched it with our kids, and they ended up making some choices about their use of screens and social media that we hadn't even put on them. You know, And we had mm. some rules and regs around that, but they saw that, and, and something about that documentary convicted them to take some additional steps. Wow, that is so good. Well, we have just barely scratched the surface. There's so much more to talk about in this book, including the seven money management skills kids need to learn before leaving home. So, Matt, will you come back in a few weeks and go over the rest of this? I would be more than happy to, Rob. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us today, my friend. Grateful to have you with us. Really good to be with you. Matt Bell's been our guest today. You can read a lot more about this in his book. It's called Trusted, Preparing Your Kids for a Lifetime of God-Honoring Money Management. Again, you can pick it up wherever you get your books. It's published by Focus on the Family. And folks, this is such a critical topic. Start early and be equipped by a great resource like this. All right, your calls are next. 800-525-7000. That's 800-525. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. We'll be right back with much more just around the corner. Stick around. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance program. 
For more than 30 years, they've been helping Christians reach their financial goals with step-by-step guidance for investors at every stage, from those just getting started to those getting ready for retirement. Through scriptural principles and practical suggestions, SMI offers financial wisdom for living well. More information, including the short video webinar on profit and peace of mind, no matter what's happening in the market, is available at soundmindinvesting.org. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance Program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. We're back. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for taking the time. As we head into our calls and questions, I want to take a moment to ask you if you've downloaded the FaithFi app. You can use it on your desktop or your mobile device. All right, let's head to the phones. By the way, if you have a question, just call 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Let's go to Orlando. Hi, Eric. Thanks for calling. Go right ahead. So, I went and purchased a, a new vehicle with the co-signing help of my earthly dad. And I was really trying to avoid it. Like, I mean, I searched for cars like for a long time and I just couldn't find something that could fit me. So I went ahead to Chevy and I got this new vehicle right now. All right. The, uh, the, uh, the percentage rate, the, uh, the, the, the interest rate is super high. It was in like 20%. Yeah. And, I'm I'm really I'm really regretting getting this car and um I kind of sort of rushed into the decision. This is my very first car from a from a lot. Um I had been used to always buying in cash. So my question to you is versus me taking it back and taking that credit hit and probably harming me and my dad's credit. Do you know if there's any possible options for me like and maybe even if there's to trade it in and pay the difference to get a different truck, like, you know, just, just yeah. to try to avoid that whole thing. Yeah. You know, there's not really any specific cooling off period for buying a new car in the state of Florida. So I think your best option is really to go back to that dealer. How long has it been, Eric? Uh, it's only been about three weeks. Okay. Yeah, I'd go back to that dealer and just say, listen, uh, we're less than a, a 30 days in. Uh, I have discovered that, you know, in hindsight, as much as I love this vehicle, it just doesn't work for me financially. And I'd love to know what you can do for me. And I'm willing to buy another car for, from you, uh, perhaps from their used car lot. And, you know, maybe they'd be willing to work with you, uh, even if the contract doesn't allow for it specifically. There wasn't any kind of, have you reviewed the contract to see if there's any kind of language that gives you a, a period of time where you can basically terminate the contract. Usually it's, you know, only a matter of a couple of days, if any. Yeah, I did see something about the cooling off thing, but it really, it was saying that it really doesn't allow it, like you said. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think the key is just to appeal to their desire to keep you as a happy customer. This is undoubtedly something that has occurred, you know, with others uh, because this is, you know, not uncommon for folks to have buyer's remorse as they get in and feel like, man, this is the car for me. I just need to make this happen. And then credit comes back and they say, yeah, we can put you in this vehicle today. And, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you've got a vehicle and then reality sets in and you're like, wait a minute, this is not going to help me accomplish my uh, financial goals and objective. So I think, you know, appealing to their desire to keep you as a happy customer and helping you get into another vehicle, I think is about the best option that you have because you don't have any legal recourse to cancel the contract and make it null and void. Uh, obviously, if they could come out whole and get you into another vehicle and then be able to turn around and sell this, perhaps, you know, at a slightly lower amount, um, you know, everybody might win in that case. So I think that's going to be your better option. Apart from that, you You'd have to sell it as a private sale and hope you could get as much out as you bought it for. Uh, and then you could take the proceeds, pay off the loan and uh, turn around and buy something else that's a little more affordable. Um, so I think those are your two options. I'd probably start with the dealer and see if they're willing to work with you. If not, start investigating what other vehicles with the same mileage and make and model are going for through um, you know, CarMax or uh, any of the others, Auto Trader, and see if you might have an option to sell this directly. Um, even though you may take a little hit, at least you're not going to damage your credit and, you know, just turn this in, which is going to cause it to be sold at the auction. And then you're going to have a pretty significant deficiency between the balance you owe and the amount they get for it. You'd be much better off if they won't work with you selling it on your own and hopefully only take a hit of a few hundred dollars. Let us know how it turns out, Eric. Thanks for calling. Uh, to Georgia. Hi, Mary. Go right ahead. Hey, um, I love your show. I've learned so much over the years. And um, my husband and I, we're getting to the point where we can actually see on the horizon. It's way out there, but getting towards <laughs> the years where we'll get to retire. That's great. <laughs> um, I'll, be 50, I'll be 57 and he'll be 58 this year. Nice. So he worked for UPS for 20 years um, because they don't transfer. We He left them at 20 years when we had to move to Georgia to kind of help with his mom. Okay. But we don't know. We Over the years, we've heard, like, that their pension was in trouble, that there was um, just not good management of it. So I just didn't know how you go about finding out what is likely to be available as a pension. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not familiar with there being any problem with the UPS pension. I know you are vested as an employee, uh, I think after just three years of service. So there shouldn't be any question about that. Uh, I would just gather the documentation, if you still have it, uh, that should include a benefit statement and notification that you're vested. Um, and, you know, apart from that, or even in, in addition to that, just contact UPS uh, with your questions just about his years of service and the benefits benefits that he's entitled to, um, and, and they should be able to provide you that very easily. Okay. Just never even occurred to me to do that, I guess. Yeah, no <laughs> and problem. Then as far as our, and then as far as our Social Security, yeah. I, I often hear you say that you have to like go to the Social Security Administration, so there's no online way to check and see what you're likely to be getting. 
or do I understand that you have to go there in person? Oh, no. Yeah, you'd only want to go there as if you had a unique situation, um, uh, you know, that you want to talk to somebody about. But uh, there is absolutely uh, an online Social Security uh, benefit statement that you can access. Uh, It's called the My Social Security at SSA.gov. And basically, once you create an account, um, then you will provide, you know, access to your estimates for retirement, disability, survivor's benefits, anything you would be eligible for will be on your online statement with uh, my SSA. So just go to SSA.gov and set up your free account, and then that will provide you all of your benefits, and you can log in and check that whenever you want. All right, I guess it's about time we start doing that. I think it probably is. You're you're approaching that season of life, Mary. That's exciting, though. It is exciting. Are you all going to stay in Georgia, or do you have uh, plans to move somewhere else? We are. We are. Our kids are here, and our new grandbaby is here, so we will be here. All right, I love it. Well, I'm a, a Georgia boy myself, so I'll... Uh, I like uh, hearing that for sure. Well, Mary, God bless you. You and your husband, uh, you enjoy this next season of life. Thanks for your kind remarks about the program as well. Well, once again, our time went by way too fast, but tune in next time and we'll do it all over again. Before we go, I'd like to thank our incredible production team, Amy, Devin, Jim, Robert, Brandy, Rob, and Ben. Couldn't do it without them. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.